This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. Well, Junie, we're about to start a subject that perhaps is not on anybody's favorite list, but I believe because of the day and the age that we're living in, We need to be prepared for what's coming ahead. And you know, we serve a wonderful God. It's a delight to walk in the promises of God. His promise, for example, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It's wonderful to receive his love and receive the truth that ultimately sets us free. But you know what, Junie? There's another aspect of the gospel, and we need to understand this as well. I'm thinking of the scripture in Job chapter 2, verse 10. Job was speaking to his wife and said, Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? Junie, where do we go from here, really? And it is um, a thought-provoking subject because we do want to hear about the promises of God, which are um, real, wonderful, and who wouldn't want to accept them? And when we think of promises, we always think of something positive. Yes. But there's also um, a promise of just what you read out of um, Job, that if we can accept good from the Lord, why can we not accept adversity? And because of the day and the age that we're living in, Shelley, and um, the uh, powers of darkness beginning to overtake the world in such a um, fierce way, We need to be uh, believers of courage and trust in the Lord. So I think that this subject that we're touching on this week will encourage all listeners that something peculiar hasn't happened to them if they're going through affliction. Really, and that is the subject. And we need to remember what comes to mind when you were talking, June, is that incredible verse from Romans chapter 8, verse 28 where it says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So we'd like to approach the subject of affliction by by reading a couple of scriptures to you. For example, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, we read these words, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted. So right away we see that Jesus' life here on earth has been associated with great affliction. 
in Isaiah 53.7, we read, He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Again, so affliction is part of the gospel, and we need to understand that. And if, you know, Shelley, if Jesus said, follow me, then we need to see that in our life, we might be going through some of the very same things that he went through. That's right. And you know, Shelley, he did it for us. And we need to really consider, if we're willing to live our life for him, some of these things might come to us, not because we sin or not because we're doing something wrong, although we can be afflicted for that as well. Sure. But it could happen in our life because we are his servants. And we need to understand, Junie, that whatever comes from God's hand has a redemptive aspect to it, and we need to never forget that. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. Exodus 1, we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 12. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. We're talking about this situation in Egypt. Come and let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and in the event of war, they also join themselves to those who hate us, and fight against us, and depart from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor, and they built for Pharaoh storage cities, Pishon and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. So here, by being afflicted, God was using it for his ultimate purposes of redeeming Israel out of the bondage in Egypt. And you know, Shelley, if we think of ourselves, we're both Jews, if we think of ourselves living in those days, it wouldn't have felt too good. It would have been um, a difficult life for us, but Israel was being afflicted by Pharaoh because Israel were the children of God. Israel was called to show the glory of God and that God existed. So it's pretty amazing to think that the more Israel was afflicted, the more they multiplied. It doesn't make sense because you would think that um, they wouldn't have multiplied because they were too weak, they were too tired, they were too depressed, they were too oppressed. But God was greater. And that's what I think the lesson is, that no matter what happens in our life, when we love the Lord and when we serve Him, God is greater than the affliction. Amen. Well, let's pick it up in chapter 3 of Exodus, beginning at verse 7. So we're in Exodus 3, we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Junie, if we can get hold of this, I think something will happen in all of our lives, because affliction is something that God uses for His purposes, and we need to see that afflictions 
are redemptive. And that should bring joy to our heart the next time we go through a difficult time. And you know, Shelley, if we read slowly those verses and look through them and consider them in our life, it was like in their affliction, what did they do? Go ahead. What did they do? They cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard them. The Lord saw them. The Lord knew of their affliction. And as a result of crying out to the Lord, he answered them and he came to deliver them out, not only of their affliction, but out of Egypt to lead them to a land of milk and honey. And so naturally speaking, if we think of, um, let's say in uh, our life, a listener's life, we are sick unto death. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Do we... um, have fear and live in that fear or do we cry out to the Lord to deliver us from that fear and you know Shelley there are two things that could happen one is that he could heal us and deliver us and then we're well walking in the earth to serve him or he can deliver us from our fear of death and bring us home into a new spacious place Heaven, and this is something that we really need to consider because in this day and age, there is a time when affliction will so come to God's children, both the church and to Israel as a nation, and God will be waiting to hear the church as well as our people Israel cry out to him, and surely that will be the return of the Lord. Amen, amen. You know, we. I, I'm thinking, I thought of this while you were speaking again, Junie. There's a pattern here that should hold true for our lives. What did the people of Israel do during the time of affliction? They did what we should be doing any time we get into a difficult situation. First and foremost, call upon the name of the Lord. And here, one of the promises of God is that if we call upon him, he will respond to us. And so here's a key. Affliction is going to be used for our benefit. It's for our good. Rather than getting upset and turning away, we need to embrace it and say, Lord, what would you have for me to do? And what are you trying to teach me and show me through this affliction? And you know, Shelley, we can't dismiss that we are his witnesses through Our lives, he wants to demonstrate his glory and that he's alive. So the people who are in relationship with us will begin to see that there's something greater than who we are, that God is alive. And the uh, example I think of is just recently our friends uh, John and Chris Parsons, who are servants of the Lord, who... Um, have lived for him only. I mean, they honeymooned at Ben Israel where we lived and John had a radio program in Russia and worked with teenagers in Scotland and lives in Bemidji, Minnesota and, and um, loves the Lord, has a radio program there as an elder in the church and Chris was dying of, of cancer uh, and uh, the cancer was throughout her entire body and um, she was, uh, John was told to have the family and friends come in to say goodbye to her, that she didn't have long to live. 
and John in his um in his faith just said chris i I release you to to Jesus, you were his, you are his before you were mine. He was your husband, and you know Shelley, God brought her out of her coma and um, transported her from the hospital to Bemidji in their home. She didn't have a day to live, and here it is months later, and Chris is not only still alive, but they're demonstrating the power of God because in the affliction, John cried out and said, Lord, I give her to you, but you know I desire for her to yet be with me. If it be possible, let this cup pass by us. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And God has extended her days. So as we close this program, we need to ask ourselves, how do we deal with affliction? Like you said before, do we, are we grit with fear or can we cry out to the Lord and see the Lord respond? Father, we thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. that everything that you bring into our life has Lord. redemptive value. Yes, and Lord. I pray that we could see the end from the beginning and seek your face. And Lord, when situations come upon us that we can't handle, we cry out to you. And just as you call, answered the people of Israel, you will answer us. And we pray for this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And... You can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.